Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by, well, rather selfishly, my own course. It's called How to Get Started Being Freelance. So guess what? If you're looking to get started being freelance, it's probably well worth checking it out. And if you know somebody who is, please share it with them. All the details that you need are at beingfreelance.com. Right now, though, let's find out what it's like being freelance. For photographer, Adrian Best. Being freelance, there's definitely days where you will be walking up the hill and then a rock will roll you all the way back down and you will tell yourself, I can do this. This is amazing. And then you will ask yourself, what am I doing? This is crazy. People don't necessarily buy what you sell immediately. They tend to buy you first. So I created that twist of a personality with the business so that persons could identify with me, have that comfort level with me. I began feeling like family or a friend, and that brought in a level of trust and good feeling. So persons were confident to say, listen, take my money, I want you. I do not have a plan B. My plan A has to work. So everything goes into my plan A. And because I have been doing that, I am starting to see the wheels turning. And people will say, well, the universe is responding to you. Or, you know, you're being blessed. But I know that if I really put my everything in, I should be able to get something out. Yes, so there is Adrian, who is in Trinidad and Tobago, and his story coming up in a moment. How are you? Are you all right? Where are we at? I think we've only got a few more episodes of this season left, and then having a break as we head towards Easter. So if you've not heard all of season 13 yet, please do go back through and listen to the guests. There have been some cracking stories to start off 2021. Also, come join us in the Being Freelance community. Uh, We're just doing our next book club. We're reading Seth Godin's This Is Marketing but you know if you're listening to this in the future there will be another business book that we'll be reading so you can come join us for that uh, we've got a live Q&A coming up with Ashley from With Jack who are uh, business insurance for freelancers so we'll be talking all about that a chance for you to ask your questions within the community uh, so yeah come join us for that and of course it's always just a nice place to hang out and to have a laugh but also to ask for support when you need it or to vent when you need to vent that's the community being freelance community link is at beingfreelance.com right now though let's head over to trinidad and tobago to freelance photographer adrian best hey adrian how are you doing man glad to be here as ever how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance okay so this is an interesting story because it seems as though i may have been what you would call the odd one out in family because the <laughs> the going thing um, for us was you complete your school education, you get into the college level, and you seek out some sort of safe, what you call government-type public job, right? right? And I went the completely opposite way in terms of everything I fell in love with was on the creative side. As a musician, uh, doing graphic art, and 
that just diverged into video and now to my passion, which is photography. So it seems as though I couldn't get away from the freelance. I couldn't get away from the creative side of me. And that was to the detriment of everyone who is like, you are throwing your life away. No, you need a pension. No, but I just really couldn't get away from this. This was my calling from the get-go. I held a number of creative jobs, um, sound engineering, doing video editing, video production, and that just branched off into my own agency, doing photography, doing video, and doing graphic design. So I am my happiest, you know. I am not my richest, but I am <laughs> I am definitely my happiest. So that that's basically how I jumped in into this whole fray of freelance and it's something that I would do again and again and again if given the chance to. I mean you make it sound easy, like you know, you had a few creative jobs and then you started your own you said you said like an agency. Yeah. But but how did you actually do that? Like, how did you go for transition from working for other people in creative jobs to getting your own clients, your own work? Oh, that was literally a kick in the butt, really. Yeah? That is nothing easy, <laughs> that transition. At the point in time, uh, my wife just had our second son. I have three boys. And right after the second boy, she became really ill to the point where she required bed rest consistently. And... My job, of course, didn't want to hear that in terms of my new responsibilities. I had a two-year-old, I have a newborn, and I have a wife who is unable to literally move on her own. So my time really had to be dedicated to family. I looked around, and in my possession recently, I had just just registered my um, small business. So I looked at it, and I said, listen, you are how I'm going to live. You are how I am going to live. And I just remember going into work, heading straight to HR, saying, listen, my wife needs me. My family needs me. Can I get no pay leave? The answer was no. I said, okay, no problem. Went to my desk, signed my recognition, emailed it upstairs, took a physical copy upstairs and just walked out the door. Wow. So then how did you go about finding those? I mean, you had the motivation. Yeah. <laughs> how did you go about finding the clients that you needed? That was what you call guerrilla marketing, literally, because after leaving the establishment and heading home, that's when you started to get, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, what did I do? Oh, my God, am I crazy? <laughs> you know, go back and beg for your job, go back and beg for your job. But from that day, that first day, clients came by the mainstay at that point in time, I would say was graphic design. I pushed that a lot more. I would literally go through the yellow pages, look at people's content, calling up, listen, that ad you have in the, in the yellow pages, that doesn't do you justice. That's crap, really. That, that doesn't do you justice. Listen, I have something that you're going to want to see. Let's set up a meeting and let me show you what I have. And that is what I did for months, just tearing apart people's designs, doing it over and taking it for them to see. And I am I am telling you, every time I took a piece of artwork to a client for them to see, they bought it. So for those first jobs, you were doing graphic design? Yeah, primarily. And was that because you were like drawing on the skills you knew you had? 
yes at, at the point in time i had video skills mm-hmm. and i and i had graphic design skills yeah. um but i knew i could sell the graphics a lot easier so i i leaned on that a little bit heavier than the other skill sets and along the way i started getting more clients interested and what i started doing was once one two three persons start asking me do you do x y and z the answer became yes <laughs> And I just added it. And if I had to find someone to subcontract, I did that. So I subcontracted photography for a while. And it became to the point where I started to not be able to rely on the individuals that I needed to supply the clients. Because coming from corporate, I knew about timeliness. I knew about deliverability. I knew about having persons. um, Time is money. So when I have a, a freelancer decide providing a service for me that I don't directly control. It became difficult when these persons let me down and then I am in fact letting down my client. And my client don't need to know that it's a freelancer, it's somebody else. All they know is that they gave me the job. So I suck it up, went on Amazon, swiped that old credit card and bought myself my first camera. And that was the start of it. I, I learned photography um, I would say the hard way, but I had <laughs> I had the determination, I had the the passion for it, and I would say over the years it has really grown into something that I love doing. And now photography is the mainstay of the business. That's the that's the one thing I do the most. You know, I still get the graphics design jobs, I still get the video jobs, but the photography, that's where the the real passion lies. Man, there's so much to talk about. So. Just jumping back then to those first clients, you would look at an advert, think those graphics suck, and then spend time, like unpaid time at this point, like redesigning it and then approach them and show it to them. Totally. That that, that was the job. I would sit down, look at your ad, do it over, and then take it to you and pitch you back your own ad. How long did you keep doing that until like i mean i'm guessing here but did it get to a point where actually you had a bank of those adverts that you'd done for other people that you could show to someone yeah and they would hire you on the basis of that like a portfolio of definitely graphics? i would right. say uh 12 to 18 months of that mm-hmm. using that to build the portfolio and then the portfolio became the seller so I would have um, the portfolio based on industries, whether it's the air conditioning industry, the security industry, um, the pet supplies industry, the marketing industry. I would have these different subcategories and have so many samples. And what started happening, for, for, for what we call Trini people, when you start seeing other people look good, you want to look good too. So, and if this is the guy, if this, if this is the guy that's doing it, then yeah, I want to jump on board. So, I had um, persons coming in, and like you're working with the competition, but it's looking so good. So, I want you to do my work as well. And they asking me, how do you manage to put so much creativity into each person? And everyone sells the same service or sells the same product, but to me. Every individual is different. So every organization is different. So once I have that first meeting with you, I get a sense of your personality, get a sense of your style, get a sense of the things that what what, um, your business means to you. And I Mm -hmm. pour that into the work that I do for you. 
So that helps in creating that unique look for every client. And that went on for about 18 months. And then the portfolio came in and it became an easier sell. With the portfolio, it was a lot easier to get persons interested in what I had to offer. Uh, just to put this in perspective, like how long ago was this? When when did you start doing that? The walkout took place in 2009. And that's when, let's say in perspective, November 2009. So coming on to the end of the year. So literally a month before Christmas, I, I went crazy. And oh God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but the entire time in 2010 was promising. And the photography aspect came in in uh, 2014. Right. You were dabbling with hiring other freelancers to do some of the work with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Very, very early on, as soon as you saw an opportunity, you'd be like, yeah, I can do whatever. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm unstoppable. <laughs> but, but you also had a bad experience. So I'm just wondering, like, did you keep doing that? Do, do you still do that? What I do, um, what I've learned to know is to not tie services that I don't personally provide. I don't tie it directly to my brand in terms of expectations of the clients. I will let them know, listen, I do have a team I work with. I have other freelancers I work with that are really quite good that we, we mesh services. So I don't necessarily tie it directly to my brand so the clients get a, a sense that it is an external entity. However, I am the agency, so I pull everyone together, right? And that gives them comfort because they don't have to find the supplier, find that supplier. I'm the one who's going to be doing the sourcing, getting the project pulled together and making it work. So that helps now instead of everyone thinking that all of these services I do personally, right? So that, that really helps me now in terms of how I approach my clients' work and their expectations. That transparency. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. When you first went freelance, you obviously one of your motivations was to be there to look after your wife and your children as well as working. Yeah. How long did you have to keep doing that, balancing those two things? When my wife was able to go back out to some semblance of normalcy, let's say in late 2010, early 2011. So in all of that time, it was literally me alone, by my lonesome, because I literally had to take care of her as best as possible. Her movement was limited. Um, And so I was in between cooking and doing a flyer and changing a baby, feeding a bottle, answering a conference call. So it was back and forth and back and forth. But I would just say the motivation just to ensure that, you know, you can take care of your own is the most important thing there. And that, that drove me through to be able to accomplish the things I did. Yeah. How would you say that your business began to change? Because obviously you introduced photography, what, six, seven years ago? Yes. So did you then start to focus on that or were you still known for doing lots of different things? Like how how did it change? From 2014, I became more known for the photography. In terms of my, my marketing, I completely restructured my Facebook page, um, I started putting up banners and posters in the public areas where in the village where I lived at the time and also outside so persons could identify, firstly, my brand, the logo I I sell and my name is my brand. So my logo business is Adrian Best Studios. 
So that in itself is like a calling card. I wanted persons as soon as they see the logo to identify it with me and it grew from there. So from normal neighbors having weddings, having family functions, needing photography, I started doing those things. And in typical country style area, once you please one person, they tell the entire family. So now <laughs> when everybody's getting married, I'm the guy they would call. So in one year, I did six weddings for one family. <laughs> <laughs> right? And that be, that, that's what happened. So now I have these six families who, as soon as they're hearing one of their friends getting married or one of their other family members getting married, oh, I have a guy, I have a guy. And Brilliant. It, it just started rolling over like that. And I started realizing that I had less to do um, because my clients would push the business a lot more. And at that point in time, also, I got to realize that people don't necessarily buy what you sell immediately. They tend to buy you first. So I created that twist of a personality with the business so that persons could identify with me have that comfort level with me. I began feeling like family or a friend from a long time ago. And that brought in a level of trust and that good feeling. So persons were confident to say, listen, take my money. I want you. And that that is how that grew. And, and that continues to go at this point in time. You know, I would li- literally sit back now and laugh because someone posts on Facebook, I need a photographer. Anybody knows a photographer? 15, 20, 25 persons will pop my name up. <laughs> that's what you want. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's it. And so is it very much one-on-one that, that, you know, you're saying you're getting people to know you? Like, do you put yourself out online in any way or is it purely those individual relationships? I put, yeah, everything about my marketing is about me, my personality first. Clients buy into me, my personality. I am not by any stretch of any means the best photographer in Trinidad and Tobago, but I am certainly not the worst. But but what I do offer is my unique point, my unique selling point. And that's the one thing that no one else has. So I believe that once I can get persons to identify with who I am, then that's something they feel confident about that's something to feel comfortable about so even if someone has a better portfolio my interaction with them would put them more to ease because i've had a lot of clients complain about asking for quotes and asking for information and persons being less than stellar in the response but my customer response is instant i have booked shoots at 3 a.m in the morning if I get a message on Instagram, on Facebook, I personally reply. So I, they get that sense of, okay, this person thinks I'm important. This person thinks what I, I want is important. And they, they get that sense of, I can work with this individual. And that helps me a lot in terms of my marketing, because that's what they tell others. They say, listen, yeah, this yeah. guy... This guy, he, he operates like family, like he knows you from since you're going to school. And, you know, it's, it's, so, it's so weird. He gets into your head and, and, and that sells. That really sells. That's nice. How do you stay on top of all of those communication channels, though? According to my wife, I live on social media. 
<laughs> she was like, you live there. It's, it's constant. And it really is tough sometimes because I'm working on a project for a client and notifications are coming up. But I like to personally reply. And I don't want hours to pass because I also personally believe that once somebody is interested in a service, they are looking and you are not the only person that they are asking. So to have your foot in the game, to throw your hat into the ring, you have to be on the ball and you have to be where your clients want you to be or need you to be when they are there. So I don't let opportunities like that pass me by. So it's literally a full-time job managing my social media as well as managing the business aspect of it as well. And so what what would that be? Is So Facebook, Instagram? Facebook, Instagram, Google Business, uh, LinkedIn. I also dabbled in Snapchat a bit, but I gave that up after a while. So that's the main platforms for me. I use Google Business, I use Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. How does Google Business work for you? So far, um, I have gotten a lot more connections through Google Business. Because when persons directly search on Google for the services you provide, I, I seem to be popping up a lot. When I get my reviews from Google, I realize that I have a lot of interactions on Google Business than on my other platforms combined. So it definitely works. And persons will call because for some reason I left my communications open saying I'm open 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so persons call me 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Hey, just checking in. Um, Do you do X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, yes, I do. How can I help you? The person say, you know what? I was really testing to see if you were honest about being available and you <laughs> and you are available. So I'm definitely going to go with you. So get some wow. sleep and we'll chat in a few hours. But you mentioned reviews. So do you proactively go after reviews and and how do you do that if so? Usually after I complete a job for a client and I de deliver the images, I would ask if they would do me the honor of providing me with a review. Uh, most times they will say, of course, no problem. Send me the links. I will send them both Facebook and Google business for the reviews. But sometimes, and more recently, I don't even have to ask. The review goes up even before they receive the images, just after, just after the session. And they go up and they talk about his personality and he's so down to earth and he's so professional and he puts you at ease because most people know that they need images. Um, but the first thing you hear is, I am not a professional model. I don't know anything to do, how to pose, how to stand, where to put my hands. And this is where I guide persons while I shoot, giving them the advice. Okay, you can turn this way. You can look up this way, turn to the light. Um, persons who are more uh, shy or self, have self-confidence issues, I would work with them. It's a patient process. And that now translates into the images. So this experience, they tend to rush to my page to share. I had a job, uh, or I did a shoot with Adrian Best, and he was so amazing, and his work ethic is so professional. And that has now grown to it being a, what you call a thing where people want to actually say, I did a shoot with Adrian Best. Wow. So I, I get bookings just because, well, all my friends did it, so I need to do it too. <laughs> <laughs> how, 
have you gone after a certain t- you mentioned weddings obviously but have yeah. you gone like what do you do anything photography wise um I'm intrigued. Obviously, you mentioned LinkedIn, which suggests a more corporate thing. And originally, when you were doing graphic design, you were building up relationships with businesses. And I know businesses are run by people who still get married and so on. But yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you what kind of stuff do you do? How do you focus that side of the messaging? Well, at the beginning, I would have foolishly told myself, I love photography. I will do everything photography. Oh, no, that that's soon wore off. Um, I would tell you now I specialize in portraits and also product photography. I will do the occasional wedding because I would have people who will specifically call for me to do the wedding. I will do um, other types of photography, but my mainstay is portraits and products. So that's generally what I'm going to focus on. So I do a lot of work uh, with models. Um Sometimes for commercial purposes, sometimes it's for their portfolio. I do a lot of business people in terms of their corporate headshots. Also, personal items like a birthday. They want to celebrate with a a photo shoot for their birthday. But it's generally a lot more entrepreneurs, a lot more business in terms of portraits. Mm -hmm. And also for products, which kind of really expanded after the pandemic because now online selling became the go-to. So a lot more persons would need their products to be um, photographed properly. The phone pics wouldn't work anymore because you really wanted the quality image on your site so that persons can buy into that when they see it. So that really grew from the pandemic, doing a lot more products. So that's where my skill set is focused. And so in terms of like, you know, when you realized that, product photography was going to be a thing uh, after, during and after uh, as the pandemic continued did you have a way of getting that message to potential clients or did you just rely on people coming to you based on the reputation you built up like well some of it was reputation but i really went after it the first lockdown we experienced where our mo- uh, mobility was limited i took that time and i literally took everything out of the cupboard and I photographed it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> you know, you know, I, everything, my wife's perfume, her shoes, um, grocery items, hygiene items. I literally looked around the house and I photographed everything. And I, and I put those images up because a lot of people buy what they see, right? And I wanted persons to realize, listen, your products can look like this. Your products can look like this. I went to the supermarket and I bought products for some of our local manufacturers, set up the photography shoot, got it done, watermarked it, emailed it to the company and said, listen, I love your product. This is what it looks like. And they would buy the photos because they want it for their profile. So they would purchase it and then they would send more stuff. Can you do these for us? And that is how it grew. But I knew to get the clients I wanted, I had to make the investment. So I had to spend some money, buy some products, buy some props, spend some time, set up, shoot, and then use those images now to market product photography available. And that is that is generally how it, it worked. I love that, especially because actually 
I don't know, 11, 12 years on, that was how you started. Like yeah. seeing something and thinking, actually, I can do this better. And then Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So I, I, I built on that same um, yeah. platform and I did the same for the photography. So while we were locked away, I just photographed everything possible and used those images as marketing tools. So then I would create the, the content, um, the sponsored content sometimes on Facebook with these photos and sharing it that, you know, beauty industry products, uh, kitchen items, appliances, I would photograph everything. Once, I, once it could stand by itself, I would take it and I would set it up. I created a small space in the living room. That's now my, my, my product photography studio. And I created a small area just to shoot products. So, and that grew. So now clients would call, they would drop their boxes over with their um, local wines, um, with their handmade soaps, with their body butters and creams. A lot of our artisans now will drop their products because while we do have some of the bigger companies, the larger conglomerates and so forth, a lot of the entrepreneurs who are now starting out, they also need proper images. You know, these are the persons who would um, generally rely on their phone to take an image to sell. But mm. now I, I, I target these people and I am selling them an experience. I am selling them the ability to look just as good as those big guys. Yeah. Right. So I, I definitely target them, showing them that not because you're just starting means that you have to look inferior or you have to be inadequate. No, you can look just as good as those big boys when they spend their top dollar budgets. So that's the experience I sell, that once work leaves my studio, you are going to be happy. You mentioned uh, a while back, you know, like you're not the uh, you're not the best photographer. I'm sure this isn't your corporate slogan. <laughs> you're not the best photographer. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but obviously, you're not the only photographer in Trinidad and Tobago. Oh, uh, no. Was was what you said? But do you see the others as competition, or do you all know each other? Like, what what's it what's that like for you? There is a lot of competitiveness within the industry, um, but we do have a group of photographers. Like right now, I am in a WhatsApp group with other photographers, and we share ideas. We post our latest um, photo shoots for others to critique and comment. We share our Instagram posts for each other to, you know, like, share, save. Um, so we are building this community slowly. So I don't necessarily look at um, these guys as competition. I really do learn from everyone that posts because they may have done something and I'd be like, wow, that's what a great idea. I would not have, and I, I wouldn't, I would have think about that. So, I, I know how something to go back and practice and try or make a phone call. How did you accomplish this? What, what modifier did you use? And that information goes back and forth. So it's not really a competition because no matter how much or what I do, I can never shoot an image or the same image like anybody else. We are all still going to be our own person. We are all, our styles are still going to appeal to only our ideal clients so it's not really about well i'm a photographer so i literally just dislike every other photographer no that's <laughs> we're really trying to have a community you know and it, it's not everyone yet there are still a lot of people who um, still have to come on board with that ideology but it's definitely getting there so with the guys that i do know it's it's not competition it's it really is 
uh, sharing of ideas, sharing of ideologies, business practices, because some of these guys are better in terms of business than others. A lot of people may have the creative abilities, but the paperwork side of it, the taxes, the, the, the filings, a lot of the guys are better at that based on where they would have come from in their corporate lives. And right. all of this information is shared. We have guys there who are good at accounting, helping others to keep their books. So make sure you're on board um, and staying legal. While we love to shoot, there's also the other side of the business, the, the, the back end that has to be done properly as well. So it really is a sharing of ideas, a sharing of, of, of personalities and, and coming together to create a group of photographers that would pursue excellence. And, and that's what I like about it. Obviously, the first 18 months or so for you was quite tough work-life balance-wise. But what's it like these days? How, how do you find that side of it? Now, it's, there, there is no silver lining that stays with being freelance. There's definitely days where you will be walking up the hill and then a rock will roll you all the way back down. <laughs> and you will tell yourself, I can do this. This is amazing. And then you will ask yourself, what am I doing? This is crazy. But everything still comes with a joy. And I would tell anyone, if you do not do what you love, it will not make sense. You really have to love what you do for the pain that comes to not deter you from the, the journey that you're on. So passion to me is the first thing because the trials and the tribulations are waiting for you. They're going to be right around the corner waiting for you. But if you definitely have that passion to excel and that passion to provide quality, you can weather the storms. Battered, but weather the storms. <laughs> what would you say have been the biggest trials and tribulations, as you say, for you in being freelance? For me, it's the inability to definitely say, listen, I know where every dollar is coming from. And in the corporate world, it's really, really nice to know that on the 25th of the month, your bank has money for you because you were paid. Your employer sends your money every month on the 25th. It is guaranteed you can pay your rent on the 27th. You can go to the supermarket on the 28th. And, <laughs> you know, you know that your lights and your cable and your internet and all of these things are guaranteed to be paid. But with freelance, sometimes on the 25th, you haven't gotten your first job yet. <laughs> and, and it starts being like, okay, what am I doing? What's going to happen here? And sometimes right around that corner, the next day, you get your phone call, I can change your life. You know, and it's, it's this back and forth that it's crazy. A lot of people will not understand why we do what we do. But when you're in it, there's definitely still a love and a warmth and a smile that could happen knowing that. I don't know where it's coming from, but it's coming. And until it gets here, I'm going to do the work because the work has to be done. Love that. Now, Adrian, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. What do you have for me? <laughs> well, here this, I have some fun things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> three things. I have been married for the past 20 years to the same person. I sleep with the lights on and I have learned everything that I know from YouTube. 
fact one and fact two don't quite seem compatible. I don't know how you can stay married to someone for 20 years and sleep with the lights on. (laughs) (laughs) YouTube, though, everything you've learned, what, graphic design, photography, video-wise? every every technical skill, every idea, every um, plan for a shoot, yeah, YouTube. Now, you see, that sounds plausible. Everything is on YouTube. Just two days ago, I was learning how to hang a door. (laughs) <laughs> on, I'll be honest with you, I decided it was too hard and paid someone to do it. But nevertheless, there, was a, there was a tutorial telling me how to do it. <sighs> okay, so th- I, I'm going to say that one's true. So 20 years, sleep with the lights on. 20 years. So you, you, uh, when did this start? 2009, you already had a two-year-old. That's 2007. Um, yeah, that sounds... I don't know. You look like a young chap, though. Um, <laughs> Ooh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> but, never, but that is it's funny how those years creep up on you. Sleep with the lights on. Why Why do you prefer to sleep with the lights on? Um, childhood traumas. The traumas of your childhood. Yeah. It's it's not all the lights. It's And it may not have to be the one in the room, but a light has to be on to illuminate the room that I'm in. A lot of kids have that thing. Maybe you just still cling to it. Or, of course, the lie is the fact that you have to be wearing a face mask and not a glimmer of light cracks through to those eyes. I don't know. I really... Okay, I believe you've been married 20 years. And I believe YouTube. Therefore, I'm going to have to say the light's on is the lie. Wow. (laughs) Okay, that's correct. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Yeah, you did it. You did it. You did it. Complete darkness for me that's you see so you are you're more like a face mask kind of guy yeah. so i yeah. need because i need i need for my i need my brain to rest because it's going all the time so i need that peace <laughs> and i get that comfort knowing that everything away or well everything in front of me fades away yeah. so well until a client messages you at 1am oh yeah then the light comes on, <laughs> on the phone and <laughs> The workday starts immediately because I immediately get up, I, I do the quotation, I send it out, yeah. So, Adrian, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Start earlier. Yeah, you're going to be just fine. Start earlier because I had that built-in fear of needing that comfort of a dedicated salary that was pounded into me into my my subconscious for years and even when i started the business my wife told me she said i never believed that you would have left a pensionable job to go into business because i i know how fearful that was for you so i would tell my younger self ride that crazy horse faster (laughs) (laughs) yeah because you didn't have any like freelance work on the side no 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 yeah So it really was just like a one day I, I walked out. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. I started the business because I thought, listen, this is something I can possibly do on the side, right? This is something that is a good idea because I'm doing little nicks and knocks. Someone has a birthday party for their kid. I will knock up an invitation, send it across. But it wasn't like me getting paid for it. It was just a hobby, something I like doing. So I would just help out friends here and there. So the idea came, listen, Register the name, make it a business, and have it there. It's in the basket of things to do. And in doing that, I had an option that I could have literally taken out of 
the basket when I needed it the most because now I didn't have to go file paperwork. I didn't have to go through all of these things to set up because it was already done. I could have just picked up from it and started sending out my invites because designer, I already did my logo. My letterhead was done. I had call card design done. Oh, I see. So you had done it. You had sort of thought about it. You just hadn't yeah, actually started doing the work. Nothing, yeah. No work was done. No planning was done. This was just... You, you know you have a, an, an ace in your hand. You know, okay, this card is going to destroy the table and you have to decide, I'm going to wait for the right time to release this. But I never really thought I would have to do it because I loved my job and everything was perfect there. It's just that at this instant, with this bit of emergency, I needed to make a radical decision. And now I wish I did that earlier. Yeah. Do you now have a pension? Have you set one up? Privately, yes. Yes. Yeah, See, privately. so you still did it. Yeah, and privately. what do your family, who always, you know, were thinking, go get the safe government job, what do your family think of what you do now? Oh, I'm, I'm so crazy. <laughs> I'm so crazy. Now, mind you, I have done three siblings' weddings. <laughs> right? But I'm still crazy because this yeah. is unheard of. Everyone yeah. is still safely employed. And I'm the one who runs around like a headless chicken every time the month is coming to a close because the bills are going to be coming around. And it's like, why you keep doing that to yourself? Get a job. I'm like, no, a job is going to take me away from the things I love to do. So this has to work. And my personal feeling, a lot of people feel differently, but I do not have a plan B. My plan A has to work. It just has to. So everything, every ounce of me goes into my plan E. Because if I start thinking, well, you know, if that doesn't work, then maybe I can do this, then I wouldn't put the 100% or the 150% needed to make it work. And because I have been doing that, I am starting to see the wheels turning. And people will say, well, the universe is responding to you, or, you know, you're being blessed. But I know that if I really put my everything in, I should be able to get something out. And and that is my strong belief. Oh, Adrian, it's been such a joy to chat to you. Go to beingfreelance.com. There will be links through so that you can find Adrian online. Go check out his Instagram, go check out his work and his website, Facebook. Oh, and of course, Google My Business so that you can see what he's up to. So yeah. that's at beingfreelance.com. And of course, if you're a freelance parent like myself and like Adrian, don't forget, since you've got your podcast app out, to check out the other podcast I do for freelancing parents. It's called Doing It For The Kids. Search that out as well. But for now, Adrian, thank you so much and all the best being freelance. Yes, thank you very much for having me. This has been a great pleasure.